So, Chris, this past weekend was a Harry Potter marathon. And then yesterday I was watching a, a um, Hunger Games marathon. What movie series, if it's on television, are you throwing it on and you're not turning it off all day? Um, okay, so I don't really have cable. So, like, the idea the perception of like, oh, watching something on K, like, oh, they put up a, but it's uh, movies that I would binge all three. Um, Star Wars, the original, uh, obviously is. Uh, what about if it was all nine plus like the side story ones? So 11 movies. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of movies. I mean, I wouldn't binge it, but I would try to, I would definitely, we actually, actually all truth be told at the beginning of quarantine, that's exactly what Karen and I did. I was like, oh, Karen's like, I've never seen any Star Wars movies. I was like, oh, fantastic. Let's watch. Let's spend like, I don't know, we'll watch one a week. That sounds like one every other day. She watched them all in two days. She watched Good all God. Did you watch them in, did you watch them in the number order or did you watch them in annual order? Like starting with the original, then the prequels and the new ones. We we started we did them in the in the order that um, they were like supposed to be watched story like, chronologically. Okay. Oh, okay. So you did one. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's always a big. That's always a big. Uh, you know, you have to get through big... Attack of the Clones, which is like one of the worst movies ever. So what I would say is, if you have not watched the Mandalorian documentary from season one, the the Disney Gallery on it, and you listen to Dave Filoni discuss the duel of the fates which is the score title for the the big epic the phantom uh, menace fight big yes exactly if you listen to his description of why the duel of the fates it's just like it makes you appreciate the prequel movies and the fall of anakin skywalker even more um so that might be that might be john williams best track on any on any star wars movie i'll hum it i'll hum it whenever okay see I, I could throw those Hunger Game movies. I know they are repetitive and all, but like, I love the books. So I could just watch that at any moment. Like if it's on TV, I'm throwing it on. I don't care. What about you, Ben? I mean, honestly, I, I'm a binge watcher for anything. So, you know, Harry Potter, obviously, Star Wars, obviously. Uh, Lord of the Rings, because the movies are so long, just the three of them will take all day to watch all three of them with all the commercials. Like you're talking six hours with commercials per movie. But... I mean, diehards we talked about. I would watch the four or five diehards in a row, the Rocky movies. I, I am a sucker for sequential movies. If they I'm, put a, if they put a Star Trek marathon on, I would watch it. I'm waiting for someone for like it to be like Fast and Furious and like watch eleven Fast and Furious movies in a row. Are you guys ready for this? I've never seen a single Fast and the Furious movie. What? Not even for the satire. The, yeah, I know, the first even, one's awesome. I, I've heard really awesome. good things. Like I think that's you know again I I've got a lot of free time on my hands. That it's might be something I have to, to jump into. It's a good way to be entertained. The first one's yeah. awesome, and Fast Five is an awesome heist movie. Isn't like what's the one with the, the Tokyo Drift? I heard that was good too. That's number three. It's that literally good? called Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. What's the, the one with that's like none, drift, that, that, drifting through Tokyo? What's that one called? That's like none of the main characters or something, right? The one you know they had yeah, the cars the and, they, and they and they drift them and they're in and they're in Tokyo. Hmm. What do you think that would Tokyo drift drift drift? Tokyo Tokyo Tokyo.
Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? But they are who we thought they were. This is Sparta! Surprise, motherfucker. All right, everyone. We're here. We're in the season finale of the Pining Four podcast. Nobody thought we'd be here, but here we are today. Episode 12, the finale. We've got some results. We've got two people that were involved in both of the finals, and I don't think it worked out for either of us. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, what are your guys' instant reactions from the week that was? Heart-stopping. It was just a heart-stopping on both for both finals games. It was just must-watch fantasy uh, entanglement. Uh, it was it was a beautiful storyline. There's beautiful storylines. Lots of drama on both sides. Um, it's it wasn't anything could have happened, and that was the beauty of it. Um, you couldn't have written a script that was like the one that happened this weekend. It was great that the last two games of the week, which were both absolute blowouts, the Sunday night and Monday night games, were enthralling to everyone in our league. Just sit, you know, grabbing the, the seat of the couch and, and getting into it. Cause, you know, with Corey Davis going on, on Sunday night for you, Ben, mouth breather, um, and, and for and with that step. Was he James, even on the field? I don't think he was on the field. I don't know. I, I couldn't even see the field. Because it was so snowy, but still, it wasn't that snowy. Let's let's be let's be real. It was. I mean, snowy, I mean, they, they weren't used to snow. I mean, they're they're from Tennessee, so. And then and then that Stefan Diggs performance, um, Grasso, Grasso, my favorite. Part not legendary Grasso, enough. Like, he was like, I got, I got none. I got no chance. There's no chance. It's I'm, I'm happening. And we're all like, you can do it, Grasso. Like I gave up on Friday, guys. Guys, I gave up. I was. I was like literally over it. And then I was watching that Monday night game and I was like, you know, he's doing pretty good. Oh, that's one touchdown. I was like, I'm not even going to look at the score until he scores three touchdowns. And guess what? He did that. Song sounds it dramatic, in- but I'm bad at writing words. If you don't speak English, this probably sounds pretty good. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, <laughs> I, I've never had my heart race so fast watching a Patriots get blown out loss and being excited for the Bills and just hoping, praying. I was like, Stefan Diggs, do it. Stefan Diggs, do it. Just for the story. Because not I only thought, I thought that last touchdown that he got, I thought that was it. I was like, oh my God, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah, it needed to be two, two yards, yards longer. Short. Yeah, two, yeah, two layers yeah, longer. Yeah, no, 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 I did all the math. <laughs> Oh, it was, I was, it was, it was wonderful to not be a part of. I will say that it was wonderful to watch and to be involved, but not have my dreams crushed on on either end for, for either of you. Um, So let's, let's pause there for a second. Let's talk about these matchups individually. Well, before we get to them, let's talk about the matchup that people forgot that actually was still happening, which was the third place matchup for money. Uh, and it was the show me TDs who lost the previous week and the fantasy empire who also lost the previous week and the show me TDs won. 
75.25 to Fantasy Empire, 70 points. If you add both those scores together, neither of them combined would have beaten Fitz or Grasso. Uh, so it was just an ugly matchup. I mean, there's not much to say here. Uh, a lot of the players underperformed. Kyler Murray only had 17. Tyreek Hill only had eight. Uh, what, what can you do? It's, it's n- nothing really important going on there. It was the it was the game that I forgot about, and I'm glad I forgot about it because it was so horrible. Who would have thought that if Deej had started Andy Dalton over Patrick Mahomes, he would have received his dues in, his dues back? It's unbelievable. Um, but it's the third place game. Congratulations, Jimmy. We're proud of you. Yeah. Now you can it's, just pay for next year. It's it's nuts to think about that. Uh, these teams were in very hot contention for the actual championship game. Like both of these teams, like. Jimmy didn't lose by much last week. He could have been in the championship game and that would have absolutely destroyed him. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Think, think the think the anger, it. the anger there was incredible. No, 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 it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is normal over here. But congrats to Jimmy for third place. Both of those teams were incredible all season. Um, the fact that my homeboys and 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 Tariq Hill kind of have explosive games uh, like they have in the past and Lev Bell as your RB2 is really not where you want to be it's kind of a, he spent a lot of a lot of money on that uh, for pretty much nothing uh, but they are who we thought they were that's that's exactly <laughs> what we, we, we are they are who we, we thought knew, they were yeah we knew who he was he wasn't going to do anything great Um, but congrats on being the top end of the league it was very tight this year you know yeah alright so we will uh this is tough for me to talk about. We're we're gonna talk about the mouth breather playoffs right now, and uh, you know, it's so. I am the new mouth breather. I'm just gonna rip that band aid off right now. Uh, I lost to the Kings to success one nineteen point five to one sixteen point four, and ben, yes, it's okay. You had a good run, kid. <laughs> Let me just say, like, if you look at my season since I've come in the league, I started on top. I won the league. And then the year after that, I finished in third place. And then the year after that, I finished in seventh place. And then this year, I am the mouth breather. So it's been a steady decline downhill from the beginning. So, I started I started on top. So, <laughs> so just, I just want to point that out. Since you started in the league, have you gotten – you haven't gotten worse. It's not like you've gotten worse to fantasy football. Have we all gotten – that much better have we reached a, on par with you because you came in just so much better than we were um and now you are in the mouth breather playoff and you lose in mouth breathing fashion with a goose egg that's you what i want to hit on that's what i definitely want to hit on is that that choice of Corey davis over cole beasley granted cole beasley would have just won you the week by like point one or two points or whatever it may be. That's enough. But when you had said that you were going to start Corey Davis or over Cole Beasley, after seeing where your scores were leading into the night games, that Sunday night, Monday night game, I was very nervous for you because Corey Davis is a boomer bus player. He can have two touchdowns of 50 plus yards and score you 30 points. But Cole Beasley, Mr. Reliable, he's going to get you four or five catches. He's going to get you 60 to 80 yards. And when you only needed that few points, the Cole Beasley would have been my play. And if you had only asked us, like Grosso did when he asked who should we play, Miles Gaskin or Gio Bernard, 
what genius gave you gave him the right answer? This guy did. All My brother-in-law last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, asked, so we can do hold on. Let, let, let's let's save that for the next the next for one. the next talk segment. Yeah, the yeah. next segment. Let's talk about this matchup. So going as soon as I heard that it was snowing in Green Bay. You know it's a running. You know it turns into a running game there, and you know that Tennessee has Derrick Henry. So, in my head, I was like, should, I was I was teetering on the edge. Should I start Cole Beasley? And in my head, I'm like, I don't. I literally said I don't want to overthink this, so I'm going to stick to the player that I thought was going to do it for me. And I should have I should have thought more about it because Corey Davis hasn't had a zero. He's had one other zero all season, so I figured he'd be guaranteed points because I only needed three point one points to do it. Uh, but I made the wrong choice. I I I deserve to be the mouth breather because of that. And I could have you know I could have brought on the Michael Perrine. I could have put in T Higgins or T Y Hilton or even Todd Gurley somehow over Ito Smith. Any of those would have done it for me. Yeah, there's a lot of options. My whole thing is. Um... If you look at Cole of uh, Col- Colbert, um, Colby's, um, the bee's knees, um, he is um, this game, this past weekend, which would have won you uh, the not mouth breather, um, was his worst game of the whole season. Um, so even with his worst performance of the season, he would have kept you away from breathing uh, from your mouth for the next year. Um, I'm sorry, Ben. <sighs> Just heavy breathing. Um, but you know what? The fact that this game was so tight really speaks to the league and how tight it is really across the board. And Keegan, I mean, his team, if you look at his team, this team is not like a terrible team. This team could have been in a playoff in another league with DK and Allen Robinson and Jalen Hurts coming coming on really strong at the end of the year and Zerline being a great kicker. Like, he has, like, nice pieces. He's got Big Ben, like, He's got he's got a good looking team, and this was the mouth breather. And like looking across the board at your team, also Ben, like that's a good looking team. That team could have been a playoff team um, in another league in another time. But you and uh, Rodrigo Blankenship and his goggles are now mouth breathers. No, not the Blankenship. I forgot about yeah. that. Piece. Blankenship's know, a mouth breather. You got to send him an email, send his mother some flowers, and just let her know that her son is condolences. The the truth the true thing is though I mean the, the story of the, my team in the season was that it just kept getting worse, like as the season got on, guys started performing worse, start got started getting more injured. Todd Gurley's uh, um, arthritis issues in his knees really popped up late in the season, so he became less effective. Ceh obviously went down. It would it, it just became really difficult. I tr- I made a lot of bad decisions all season long. Let's be honest. I traded away Tyreek Hill. I traded away Allen Robinson for for players that I needed because I didn't have a running back. But they came, you know, it came and bit, bit me in the ass in the end. To be honest with but you, so here cost, I am man. where I deserve to be. At what cost, Ben? I forgot you had. I forgot you had Hill and Robinson. And and, and look who came to bite you in the ass in that mouth breather final. Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. He was there for you. Just, just say hello. There. But he that's the fourth team he's been on. He went to Dale to Fitz to Keegan. Nobody wanted nobody wanted him because he wasn't he, but he ended but, up finishing like a top ten. He finished in the top ten wide receiver for the whole season. It's because yeah, he had some smack games because he had some real 
when there's no one else to throw to in Chicago. But yeah, so I'll just say it again. I am the mouth breather. So I, I will take a <laughs> cuckoo cachoo. Uh, but yes, so that's that's where we are here. Uh, we'll move on to the other matchup. So I just want to pause here and say that these two final matchups, like we mentioned in the open, were some of the best finals matchups we ever had. I haven't gotten a chance to look back at all of our previous championships and mouth breather matchups, but I don't think any of them have been combined this high scoring or combined this close. Um, but yeah, so we're going to move on to the, the championship who's hoisting the Alba trophy this year. And uh, to be honest with you, it's going to be staying at Eccles house. And what that means is that the Fitzmagic pulled off the two time champion, the, the second team to do it in our league 183.7 183.7 to the heartbreaking 183.55 of our very own Chris Grasso's two beers too deep. That's right. One tenth, one tenth, one point one five points difference. I think Vinny, but, I think it, Vinny coined that coined that your two names should be two yards too short um, instead of two perfect. beers too deep. It's, yeah. Oh God, it was. I don't think if you had asked us Friday night on, on, a, on a wonderful pandemic Christmas, if we thought Grasso had a shot after Alvin Kamara dropped 150 plus yards and six touchdowns, I think all of us would have said no chance in hell. And this shows you how good Christopher Grasso's well, team is and how well, good And then Tom Brady and Mike Evans too. Like the, so, he had those on Saturday. So here's the other here's the thing. I heard that they kept throwing the ball to Mike Evans because they wanted Mike Evans to get over a thousand yards. And because they're pretty much locked into the fifth seed, they're gonna rest him a lot. And so they wanted him to have, get a thousand yards. So that's why they kept throwing him the ball last week. Yeah, it's uh oh god, it was just what I will say is Grosso, no one on Grosso's team scored under 10 points besides besides Joey Sly, who who's now going to be called he who shall not be named just okay i just want to i just want to i just want to say just i just want to say a little bit okay all right so fitz's team incredible 183.7 points an incredible amount of points a historic game from alvin Kamara, just fantastic across the board with a negative score have, from his defense too i was just gonna say just give me one second Ben. let me get it out he did have negative one points from his defense. He did have 4.3 points from his wide receiver too. He did have less than 10 points from his flex. Um, he did not have a ridiculous showing um, from him. No, he did have a ridiculous showing. Three of his players had a ridiculous showing and it was historic. And the fact that my team came close, close enough um, was ridiculous. I had given up by the time Saturday games were over. I had completely given up. And the fact that Jeff Wilson Jr., total dark horse, and Miles Gaskin, also total dark Bad horse, bitch. scored scored ridiculous amount of points together. Um, insane. Um, there's really not much I could have done. Um, if I would have changed my kicker to any other kicker, uh, maybe. But the fact that we got so close is just a testament to how good this league was this year and how good the top these are the top two teams from the league and they the end of the season was razor thin so it's a great game it was a lot of fun to watch and i will definitely play fantasy football next year yeah i just i i think it fit we, we talked about this last week that fits had some really tough decisions 
at that flex at that receiver position. And they didn't really pay off. That wide receiver two did not pay off with Russell Gage. That Frank Gore at the flex did not pay off. He could have been over 200 points if he had made two different decisions going in. I think my math might be yeah, off a little bit. He should bit. have played Sterling Shepard and Latavius Murray. That should yeah. have been. That should but have those been, aren't that choices should... people normally make. Like you wouldn't start yeah. the two running backs from the same team. Hey, we had a current uh, back in the be- day. He has before in this season. They need to help him win his week. Yeah, but yeah. All right. So, so I just, I, I think that Grasso's team overall, I think was, is the more balanced team. I just think that that 55.6 points from Kamara, whatever that is, 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 or 55.7. I think, is that the highest of the week of the year? Did he beat that Tyree Hill game? I think he, what was that week 12? Yeah. I think Hill had more yards and more of those bonus long touchdowns, but still um, it was awesome. I, I've never rooted more for a team playing the Patriots in my life. Um, Tyree Hill scored 56.4. So oof. almost, so almost, almost. Yeah, so um, yeah, but I've never rooted for a player playing against my beloved Patriots more um, to just absolutely annihilate us. Um, and it did, and it was unbelievable. It was so much fun. Yeah, and I mean, one catch. in our yeah, chat, yeah, it was one catch well, for like broken screenplay. One catch, one catch for negative three yards, and I would have won. Like we we could play the what if game for a while. Like oh, if God, if, the St- if the if the Steelers them. had scored one more point, they the the Colts would have had negative. 11 or negative two instead of negative one, or if they had more yards, if any of your players got two more yards or, you know, if Aaron Rodgers threw a longer pass, like you can't play the what if game though. Didn't miss an extra point. Yeah. It's so so close that any, anything could have changed the outcome of that game. Literally anything could have changed the outcome of the game. And that's why it's so heart wrenching is because literally anything I thought I got blown out. He scored 123 points before Sunday yep. when traditionally football is played. So I thought I was done for. Um, Everybody thought you were done for, to be honest with you. So I mean, so, it, you know, it was nice to come back and enjoy that in that Bills game and watch a Bills game and be just on the edge of my seat at a blowout Bills game. I mean, going into Monday night, ESPN gave you a 2% chance of winning. So it was like 98 to 2. During the no. matchup, during the matchup, before Diggs scored his third touchdown, it was 98% fits. And he scored that third touchdown and it went immediately to 97% Grosso. Because they just, because the because the computer says, oh, Diggs is obviously going to get at least one more catch. But of course, the computer on the sideline, gloves off, beanie on, hearts broken. Every, I think everybody was sad about that too. You know who you really need to blame for this loss? This is the New England Patriots. Just the New England Patriots because they could not score the damn ball. If yeah. you're, telling, you're telling me that if they if they had scored a touchdown on that on either, you know any of their second half drives that they wouldn't that they the Bills wouldn't have thrown on Josh they would, have, they would have left Josh Allen in for sure 100%. Yep. So blame the Patriots. Because right. I, I I'm sick and tired of it. Yeah. And welcome to being a Jets fan. Yeah, I think we, we had talked earlier. This is the first time since 2000 the Jet or the Patriots have lost more than uh, or nine games or more. They have That's a losing correct. season. It's the first time in 20 years they have a losing season. Correct, guys. And, yeah. and, the, and the first time since 1993 that the Bills have won 12 or more games. Two, so 
two-thirds of my life, two-thirds of my entire life, the Patriots have had a winning record and been in the playoffs for the vast majority of those. Oh, boy, I think they had one 11-5 season where they and had that Matt Castle year. That was correct. We went 11-5 and five and missed the playoffs because right. the seven, but in the 7-9 and nine Seahawks made the playoffs. I was very angry that year. Um, um, wrong div- no. wrong uh, conference. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, no, um, but yeah, and then even, you know, you got to think, I probably didn't start really watching football until I was like, what, seven, eight years old? Started to really care. So literally almost my entire life, the Patriots have been good. Now they're bad. But I don't know what to do with my life, guys. <sighs> okay, so here's, here's what I like to do. I like to close my eyes and imagine that you're, you're on the team and it doesn't matter because they're doing so bad. And maybe that's like a, a Vince Papali moment and, they'll cl- and you'll get to just play because the team's so shitty. That's the hope. Is that the Jets get so shitty that they have open tryouts, and I somehow make the team on special? They tell me like ten months, and I work out the hardest I've ever worked out for ten straight months, and I become just a machine of a man, and I make the special teams, and it's just a Disney movie. Oh, it's instead of Rudy, it's Greg. Instead of Rudy, it's Greg Eckel and the Giants. Mark, we all know this pain. Here's the other thing, though. This is this is it, I, that should happen. I think if that's going to happen, it's going to happen this year because you're going to start with the the devastating fantasy loss in the championship game. The Jets are going to say, "Hey, we're having open tryouts in ten months from now." Have that and, and have then, that exactly. So, so wait, so wait a second. It, who has the more devastating loss, though, Grasso or me? I you. think you're a fucking mouth breather. You're a mouth breather. Mouth breather. I think it's Grasso. I'm sorry, I it's had more something, devastating. My, something in my throat there. I'm trying to <laughs> get because, it out. Because. <laughs> Not me either. Because he gave himself no shot. Because he, everyone would have given him no shot. But then he almost did it. Mm-hmm. He almost had the Disney movie. He almost had the Remember the Titans moment. Where he, he, he runs into the champion. He, he would have sprinted to Austin and just flipped off Fitz in the face and then ran back. That's what he would have done. But I think Grasso's a little bit more devastating where yours is just like agonizing, if that makes sense. So you have to deal with it for you have to deal with this loss for the next year and you can rebuild and win. I have to deal with losing by 0.15 points for the rest of my life. So, I mean, there's a few points about that. I, I, I have already been a championship. I've already been a champion. You've already had it. You're a champ already. Yes, I've been and a now, mouth breather. And now I'm the place. I'm the only person besides Fitz who's been a mouth breather and a champion. But you now, did Fitz, it. In, you did it in reverse order. Right. And, you, and, and Fitz has done it twice for both, which has never been done in our league. He's been a two-time mouth breather, and he's been a two-time champion. Which I don't think uh, there's very few people who can accomplish that right now. It's me, Vinny, Grasso, and Spencer can only do it in the next two years. If Grasso somehow you do it win to the next two in a row, or I, I win one and lose one again, or Spencer wins two in a row or Vinny loses two in a row. I, but, but anyway, so Fitz, congratulations. Uh, well won. I picked you to win it all when we were talking our playoffs in the, in uh, did I, when I the playoffs started. Did I, I picked. Well, no, you, was, you thought Jimmy was going to be the playoff. Oh, I thought Jimmy was going to be. Yeah. And, and, he and Do- Doge thought you were going to be. Grasso, I was close. So, what could have been? yeah, I mean, what could have been? 
exactly. That, but that's but that, this whole season. That th- this whole season has been decided by like minuscule. Dis- I mean, not for Greg Eckel's team because he's just made terrible decisions all year long that have made him lose. But like everybody else has made like small decisions. That, that playoff them- spot was supposed to be mine. One player, one player here or there in any game, a kick here there. This this season, I feel like was the tightest season that we've had, and we've all really like kind of not figured out fantasy football, but like gotten our bearings within this 12 man league and it's taken us eight years, but we finally figured it out. It started um, out. This started out as fun for us. Man. Hyper. It's, now it's competitive and it's very nice to play. Yeah. It started out as a, as a fun way to like get together a couple times, watch football together. And now it's turned into, we all take it really seriously. It's one of those things like now that the season's over, like what do I do with those couple hours a day that i would look at for defensive football drawing sketch oh that's a good idea get into sketch thing. nature so yeah so on that you know it's it, one last point i have before we'll move on it's our league has become so competitive every team was competitive i think on an earlier podcast i said this year that uh, anybody could have won anybody could have lost it's it, it was there's so much parody in our league because everybody plays so well. Grasso, I'm, I don't think anybody would have picked you to be in the championship to begin the season. That's not a knock when on I, you. When I walked in the draft room, people were like, oh, this kid's finishing 10th at best. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, uh, granted, we knew you were trolling the league, but you, you look at that draft recap. Uh, that uh, Eckle and B I minus did. baby B minus. Bill. And it's it's so difficult. Go. It's so difficult to predict what happens. And everybody played their team, the hands that they had. And I think everybody played the best hand that they had considering everything that happened. So honestly, it's congratulations to everybody this year for this was a well-fought season for everybody. And maybe I'm just trying to save some face because I am the mouth breather for the next 12 months. So I have to deal with that. Don't worry, I'm gonna get the shirt updated, Spencer. If you're if you're uh, listening, uh, make sure you drop it off at my house, and I'll uh, I'll get that that shit uh, updated. And like I said, I will not wash it, and I will wear it every Sunday. So whoever gets it after me is it's gonna have some funk on it. It's gonna have some kosher funk on it. Some co- some kosher funk. It's okay. It's blessed funk. <laughs> but like I'm looking, I'm looking at I'm looking at the bottom end of the league in like consolation games, and like. Two out of the top five scores are in console. No, three out of the top five scores are in consolation games. Yeah, I mean Spencer went off 132 points this week. 132 points this week. Yeah. Moose 117. Like these are all these are all good games. These could have been second and third place games. Uh, so, like, then it's funny to just. It's not funny. It's just very intriguing to me that this league is so tight. And next year. Anything can happen, and the in the ebb and flow of the actual NFL is going to affect our league next year. Like we did not, we drafted a lot of running backs, uh, but not enough apparently. Like you need, you need all the running backs in the world. Apparently, is what's happening now. It's just all running backs all the time, mm-hmm. and Travis Kelsey. That's all the only yeah. people you. And that's where that's where I shot myself on the foot. But let's let's take this time to look back at the season that was. Uh, Nobody predicted, you know, when you look at the top two draft picks, which was Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, that were both non-factors for the entire year. It's important, I think, that we should look back at every position 
and see who we thought the big surprises were in terms of being good players and being bad players. Like we did, we expected them to be bad and they ended up being good. We expect them to be good and being bad. We'll start with the quarterback position. And I really think the most surprising quarterback to me uh, in our league anyways, was Ryan Tannehill. He wasn't drafted. He ended up being the seventh quarterback overall. He, he made players out of AJ Brown and Corey Davis and John Smith he was he was honestly a huge boon for the Titans and for I think Doge you you picked him up I don't think you kept him because you ended up or he was he your backup for Justin Herbert he I I had him for a, a stretch there at the beginning of the season I picked him up after week one and, and played him and then I made the, the Herbert deal and, and kind of stuck with the rookie the whole time which right. leads into my which leads into my boom that you know my surprise is that Justin Herbert rookie quarterback first of all wasn't supposed to start and then wasn't supposed to be that good i mean it's him or justin jefferson for rookie of the year or for offensive rookie of the year so he was my big surprise um let's lay on cross so what about you big surprise for me at quarterback even though he was drafted like relatively high josh allen um i know moose had a lot of love for him uh but he really looked absolutely incredible. I think he was drafted so high because of Moose's love for the Bills. Um, because preseason, for him to get drafted that high, is un- nobody would do that. Um, but he really showed up um, in the last few weeks, especially when Moose needed him most. I mean, he wasn't let's be honest here. He wasn't drafted. Like he was, he's, he finished as the number two quarterback in football. Uh, for fantasy in our league for Josh Allen. And he was drafted in the ninth round and there were seven or eight quarterbacks that were taken ahead of him. So uh, that, uh, that is a huge surprise to be honest with you. And especially the season he had last year, nobody thought that he would, even with Stefan Diggs, nobody thought that he would be who he was. Uh, and that's the, we're going to lead to the disappointing quarterbacks, I think. And I'm, I'm really going to knock on just because he was drafted in the second round and the first quarterback taken off the board. Lamar Jackson did not have the MVP follow-up season this year. Uh, And Dale even said it when he drafted him that it was a panic pick, but he finishes the number 12 quarterback. When you draft someone in the second round as a quarterback, which usually you don't do unless it's the first year that this league ever started when there were like seven quarterbacks taken in the first round, you need him to perform at a top two level. And he was just middle of the road. So I think Lamar Jackson was a huge disappointment. I concur with your statement and everything you said. He was my biggest disappointment of the year so far uh, as well. well, How about your quarterback? I mean, your your team's quarterback. Oh, oh, but I, I, I was not high on him to start the year. Uh, the fact that Deeds drafted him, I think, in the tenth round, to me was ludicrous. I was thinking about a Cam Newton pick as my last pick of the draft uh, because I was like, who knows what you're going to get? He was good for what three weeks when he had some rushing touchdowns. The man, Josh Allen, threw more touchdowns in Foxborough than Cam Newton did this year. Josh Allen plays for the Buffalo Bills in one in one game. He threw more more touchdowns in Gillette Stadium than Cam Newton has thrown all year in one in one game. Yes, so that's what Cam Newton is the rushing quarterback. You get points that way. It's very deceptive. 
so that would be my that's my one that's my one thing with the new is I guess obviously disappointing season as a Patriots fan but I didn't expect much from him fantasy wise moving forward where Lamar I think we all would have thought Lamar would have been a top five quarterback at the beginning of the year do we think he got drafted a little too high in round two probably but you know Dale's first year in the league um surprised um trial by fire really. exactly so uh I, I would say Lamar's my pick um for that uh, yeah, no, for quarterbacks, um, it really, if, if he wasn't drafted where he was, um, I would not pick him. But it's Lamar for me also because he was drafted so high. He won MVP last year, scored so many points. Um, and it's just heartbreaking. So also Lamar for all the reasons that we've said and then some inconsistencies and just not being able to run the ball as well. All right, so we'll move on there. So basically the big disappointment, sorry, Dale, was Lamar Jackson. You learn, you don't draft quarterbacks in the second round unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so we'll move on to the running backs, which, you know, you could pick on, you could pick on the guys who got injured, who were drafted one and two. I'm not going to go that route. I'm going, well, sorry, we're starting with the good guys anyways. Uh, this is what happens when you're two beers too deep. Uh, so I'm going to start with the good guys. And honestly, the biggest uh, surprise for me was James Robinson, who went undrafted in our league, although he was picked up before the season started by Deej, who is always on the button when he picks up stuff. And he ended up finishing the number five running back in our league, which was really impressive. He he was just something else uh, for Jacksonville, which was a terrible team, but he got most of the touches. So my pick is James Robinson, which really led Deej to the playoffs with that pickup. Also, Ben, with mouth breathing, you get less oxygen to the brain. So you, therefore, are not able to process information as quickly. Um, so that may, I also, need to know. that may also be contributing to, to, your, to your lack of cognitive function. Uh, my biggest surprise, and it's not, it's not a huge surprise, but it was the way he ended the season. It's David Montgomery. He finishes the sixth running back on the season this year. Granted, we all thought he probably would have been an RB2 throughout the season, but the way he finished and how strong he was and the fact that he was you know, key in a, in a, in a playoff push, um, to me, it, it is, is a really big deal. So David Montgomery would be my big surprise because um, he's he would he was a consistent eight to 12 points but then all of a sudden he blew up here at the end yeah after that bye he had uh five straight weeks of 19 or more points which is great for that but like you said for that push is really huge all right grass so we're talking good running backs surprise and i'm here for it um i'm gonna pick someone that's on my team and i normally wouldn't do that but miles gaskin um humongous that bitch, Miles Gaskin, humongous surprise, ridiculous week this last week. He's, he was consistent all season when he was playing, when he was healthy. He, you remember, he's a rookie. He's coming into a new system, and he just played well. He he did well um, as a running back um, across the board when he was playing. And um, it was nice to see a rookie have consistent numbers, tangible numbers that, like, RB2, RB1 slot. Um, and this past weekend, he did amazing. So um, I love that guy. Uh, great name. Um, and also, he's just a very athletic, great running back. Yeah. And, you know, it's gonna, the AFC East is going to be really interesting for the next few years. 
And it's not going to be the Jets or the Patriots. It's all about the Bills and the Dolphins. Those two teams are really up and coming and are going to be forces in the AFC for years to come, I think. The Dolphins have four picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts. And one of those picks is going to be most likely a top five pick this year because of the Houston pick. Yeah, yeah. Bill O'Brien's the worst GM ever. That's correct. Oh, my God. Let me start start with the disappointments at running back. And he did miss a couple of games, but I think someone that I think we were all disappointed with was Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. I think we all thought, obviously, he was going to have a great year. That Cowboys offense was going to be great. But basically – even when Dak was playing, he was doing solid, but not upper echelon. But once Dak went down, he was not the same player. He looked like he didn't want to be there. Um, so I think that the fact that Jimmy made it to the to the semis with Zeke, um, he did decide he had to bench him a couple of games, which is crazy. If you had said at the beginning of the season that someone's got to bench Zeke for a non-injury reason, um, I, I think you would have thought they were crazy. But um, Zeke's my big disappointment. Grasso. Uh, man, I don't want to ride on your coattails, but it's um, it's got to be Zeke too, man. He was healthy for a lot of the season and still didn't show up. He was supposed to be like a linchpin in that offense. Uh, either if Dak was there, if Dak wasn't there, when Dak went down, that offense should have shifted to a Zeke-centric run, run, run. Let's f- just pound the ball down their throats because he's the one of the best if not the best running back in the NFL behind a pretty healthy line that looks very good. And he just had no heart, no umph, no chutzpah. Um, he, he was just like bland and he just, he didn't show up. Once Dak went down, he did not show back up. Uh, a blips. He had blips. He had shadows of his former self um, in a couple games, um, but not himself. Definitely a bust. Yeah, j- just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction, but just on that thing, you know, there, there's an adage in football about the amount of carries you have over the early part of your career. And I feel like that's finally starting to catch up with Zeke, that he has been ridden in uh, Dallas ever since he was drafted in 2016. And I think it's finally starting to show the wear and tear on him and the starting to catch up to him. And that's part of the reason why he, he may be let, he's still the 10th running back, but you expect him to be top four or five. So I definitely agree with the disappointment there. I'm going to go slightly different. Uh, I'm going to touch on quickly the injuries that happened at the top of the running back position. You expected Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley to be one and two all season long. Saquon tore his ACL really early in the year and was gone the whole year. That is a huge disappointment. I'm sure Echo is screaming right now as he hears this or whenever he listens to this, that he'll know that that was a big part of why he barely made it into the playoffs and didn't do anything afterwards. And Christian McCaffrey was a huge blow for Carolina. But I'm looking at Marlon Mack right now and how terrible he was for Indianapolis. Now, that's kind of a good and bad thing because Jonathan Taylor really came on strong and showed that he was this rookie that could really take the load. But Marlon Mack was really good last year, and he just fell back, and he was just not very good at all. And uh, I, I feel like Marlon Mack would be my pick for a, a real big disappointment. So, yeah, so that brings us to the wide receivers uh, this year. And, you know, a lot of them finished really high and they finished really where you expected them to go. But one guy that I targeted that I looked at, I'm like, how did he finish so terrible this year? I'm looking at Chris Godwin. 
who was drafted in our second round and he finished 40th overall, uh, second or third best on his team. He just did not show up all season. I think he was injured. I'm looking at his game log right now. Yeah, he was injured on and off the whole. He was injured on and off the whole season, but he just he was just I don't know if it was Tom Brady as a new quarterback or he didn't have a rapport, but he just didn't do it for him this year. It didn't do it for his team. Yeah, he was my he was my original pick, and then I was saving a little bit de- another dive, and and another one that was really disappointing was was Hollywood Brown, uh, in in Baltimore. Just again, that offense wasn't the same. It was always going to be run heavy, but he'd always had that opportunity for some big plays and did it more often than not last year. This year was just a, a bad sophomore year for, for Hollywood Brown. When I look at this, uh, I, I like both of your picks. I can definitely see Godwin going in the second round is really high, but, but someone that really uh, like let me down. I feel like this season was Juju Smith Schuster. Um, for Spencer's team, uh, he he sh- he showed up a lot. He did score a lot of points, but where he should have showed up, he didn't. Um, he's still finishing in the top twenty, um, but he should have been an After incredible being drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, he should have been an incredible. He should have been a very good wide receiver. He should have been. I can't believe I picked Adam Thielen over him. Um, preseason um it's hard to look at that also looking at michael thomas um he was injured he got benched for a week because of his attitude that's really a darn shame um he really didn't show up when he was there and he's a first round draft pick like you have yeah. to perform at a top five level of your first round draft pick he didn't regardless he, of the position he didn't catch a touchdown this season am i reading this right is that true I just want to. Can we get a double check from the uh, the PFA guys? I don't know. Hey, 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 can, Stevie, can you get on this? We we usually lay the interns off at the end of the year. No, well, then I don't know why he's still in my apartment. <laughs> you keep feeding them, they come back. If you keep feeding them, you stop uh, feeding them, they look for food somewhere else. What so, was the question? Sorry, I was laughing too hard. Touchdowns, touchdowns for Michael Thomas. I'm looking at zero all year, right? He was hurt for the he was vast, hurt for a vast majority, but he played eight games. You got to have it. Yeah, I mean that's half the season. He played eight games. He's always he's he's always kind of been like Julio though, where he doesn't score touchdowns. Another one, Julio was a huge disappointment oh my too. God, giant disappointment from Julio also this year. He was just injured, and he was just came back halfway hurt, and just never. I mean, he had like pretty good games in between. He had a stretch while he was kind of healthy, um, but every time he was healthy, you plug him in, and he's a, a gamble. Yeah, really. and I. And I, I want to—I do want to talk about the, the, my one highlight. And he, obviously, he's on my team. Yeah. It's Justin—is Justin Jefferson? Um, you know, number seven overall receiver wasn't even drafted. I spent a lot of fab on him, and it was worth every single penny. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unlike that random Browns running back that I picked up for no reason. Um, um, but yeah, Justin Jefferson was a monster, particularly at the end, getting me out of the mouth breather playoffs. Um, so that would be my—he's my, my—he's my surprise. So what about you? Surprise at wide receiver. There was a lot of um, a lot of very good young wide receivers this year mm-hmm. um, that kind of came out of nowhere. 
Um, you can really you can you can stack them up. Um, but someone that really impressed me that kind of went later and didn't even kind of show up on the radar um, until later in the season. Um, and the Snaffers didn't really play him very well, so it makes me kind of sad. Um, but Brandon Ayuk, um, just really kind of phenomenal and very consistent all season. Um, go to with Debo out. Um, he didn't, I think he's got a lot of potential in the tank. Um, and I, and I think he, um, he did a lot better, uh, than he should have done this season, but he really was underutilized on Spencer's team. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to give one more disappointment. I know I'm breaking the rules a little bit, but wide receivers are you really can't go deep. Back. You can never go back. So, uh, t- I'm just going to talk about T.Y. Hilton because T.Y. Hilton most years is a top 10 wide receiver. I know he had a new quarterback this year, but he's a pedigree name, probably a hall of famer and Phillip rivers. And he just faded for most of the year until later on, he finally came on, but the whole beginning of the season, he was awful. And I think he was drafted in, in the fifth or sixth round this year. He was drafted in the sixth round by Fitz and, and Fitz just had enough, but my big surprise and I'm surprised Grasso, you didn't say him uh, cause he's on your team is Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs came on huge this year and he obviously in the last game he almost won the season for you and he's part of the reason that Josh Allen was so good Uh, he he never had less than well he had one week with four receptions but after that no week with less than six receptions he was one of the most consistent players in all of fantasy never busted in terms of boomer bust all season long and he finished as the number six wideout and you drafted him in the ninth round or sixth round. So, I mean, that's, that is huge in terms of value for where you got him for what he produced. So Stefan Diggs is right there. And I think he was one of the be- bigger surprises of the year, even though he was great in uh, Minnesota. So let's move on really to uh, the tight ends. Uh, and we'll do this quick because, you know, tight ends are kind of a garbage position. So we'll start with, with, with the uh, impressive guys really for the season. And I'm, and I'm going to be a little bit of a Homer pick here. And I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson who would finish as the number four tight end this year. And he did really well. He considering he's only in his second year as a player, he really came on strong for a really struggling uh, Detroit lions team. And he won me a few weeks because he was so consistent and he was one of Matt Stafford's favorite targets. So that's the Hawkinson for me. Yeah. My, my surprise pick was that was Robert Tunyon. Um, You know, he was the number three tight end overall and no one knew his name before fantasy started. And he had a couple of good games. Um, Granted, he did have some really boom games and really bust games. That's really the nature of the position, but he was able to, to turn that into points. So that would be my my nice surprise there, because uh, obviously the top two guys are the top two guys. It's it's Kelsey and Waller. They're just incredible athletes. See, but for me, for me, Waller is actually one of those guys that is was the kind of that sleeper pick to um, be as good as he was. Like I didn't expect yeah. him to be this good. No, he was supposed to be like run of the mill, middle of the road, um, tight end, and he is the number two tight end. Um, I mean, if you look back at the seasons that he's had, he doesn't even come close. Um, he doesn't even come close to this season. This is clearly he's far and away um, the, his best season. Um, so it's it's crazy to see him come on like that. Um, 
and have a ridiculous season like he did. Um, and very interesting because you don't expect that from Derek Carr either. But Gruden brings out the best in people, apparently. Yeah, so, uh, Greg, what do you think about for your uh, disappointments? I think there's a lot for tight end uh, for disappointments, and we can go through them. But I think the biggest one is is yeah, I, I'm going to pick two, and, and it's the Philly tight ends. It's Goddard and Ertz and how bad they were as a unit. It was one of those, like, you thought Ertz would be a top five tight end. Goddard would be a spot start, you know, because you probably could play both because they don't have receivers. No one knew who the Philly receivers were. And that offense just wasn't good and didn't support either of them. Ertz missed some time. Goddard missed some time. But that, that Philly tight end position, I think, was an overall disappointment from years past. So that would be my pick. But I think you could go through. I think you guys will go through a couple, too, that I probably definitely will agree with. Grasso? Oh, for me, it's definitely Evan Ingram. Um, super inconsistent and not good when he was consistent. Um, just that whole New York Giants offense didn't really get going until later in the season anyway. Um, and even when they were firing on all cylinders and winning games, he wasn't a big part of the offense because he dropped a lot of balls. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's definitely Evan Ingram for me. For sure. And he got drafted way too high in the eighth round. All right. So I'll, I'll pick up the other disappointments that may have been missed. There's a couple that I, I feel like should be talked about. Uh, I look at, because uh, I'm a Steelers fan, I look at, um, I can't even find his name right now, Eric Ebron, who who was one of the better pass catching tight ends, who finished uh, 12th this year. And, you know, Pittsburgh likes to spread the ball around, but he was supposed to be a big part of the offense, and he really wasn't. Hunter Henry obviously was injured for a lot of the year, but he is a big part of the Chargers offense, and I'm sure Justin Herbert would have benefited for that. Another big injury in one of the highest drafted tight ends was George Kittle. George Kittle should have been one of the best tight ends. He scored 32 points in a week this season. I mean, you don't do that as a tight end, but he was injured for most of the year. And the other guy that a lot of people were high on that was just really terrible most of the year and wasn't injured was Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby was just a huge disappointment. A lot of people thought that he would be the guy. So those are my picks for disappointments for tight end. And we'll, we'll put a bow on that because we're not going to talk about defense. We're not going to talk about kickers in this segment. We're going to talk about kickers in the next segment. And I'm going to get Greg his platform because he has a lot of thoughts about kickers. So Greg, I, take it away. I am the, the campaign manager for the get rid of kickers 2021 campaign. And here's, here's my platform. In fantasy football, as a fantasy football manager, your job is to come up with the things you think are the most probable. So you're going to start Tyreek Hill over Sammy Watkins because the probability that Tyreek Hill is going to score more points than Sammy Watkins is extremely high. That being said, is Sammy Watkins going to outscore? They're on the same Sammy team, though. I'm, you, just, I'm, using, I'm using them as an example because they're, because they're, they're you know, Sammy Watkins is a star. Speak is a startable receiver and, you know, as a flex option in a lot of games. So, but you're most likely going to start Tyreek Hill over him because the probabilities say that Tyreek Hill is a better start. The kicker position has nothing to do with the quality of the performer and the probabilities of a good kicker getting a lot of points are low and a bad kicker getting a lot of points are quite high. If you get a solid kicker that makes 90 plus percent of his field goals and extra points or whatever you want to say, there are going to be games where he's going to score you 
10 plus points and you're going to be really happy. You might win that week because of your kicker, but you might get a guy like Blankenship who, for whatever reason, maybe the Colts can't move the ball. They can't, they, they're not getting in a field goal range, or maybe they're only scoring touchdowns and they're, you know, they only scored three, you know, four touchdowns. And I drafted and him and kept him all year. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm just saying that Blankenship, there's a game, there could be a game where he gets four points because the Colts scored 28 points on four touchdowns. But Blankenship is one of the better kickers in the league. So he's not being rewarded for his play for being a strong player. You're being punished as someone who has a good kicker whose offense is not giving them the opportunity. So the skill does not equal the probability of a successful kicking week. So as someone who likes the consistency and likes the strategy of playing fantasy football, Kickers take all of that away. It literally is a guesswork. You can start any kicker on any team, and you're pretty much going to either get four points or 12 points, and you don't have an idea. Whereas when you're making your lineup decisions at the other positions, you know, you know what? If I start Tyreek Hill over T.Y. Hilton, I'm probably going to score more points with, T- with, with, with Tyreek Hill because you understand football and you understand the probabilities. With a kicker, there's no reasoning behind it. It's, Whatever kicker you think is going to have, uh, you know, maybe maybe some chances of kicking field goals. So I'm just very anti-kicker, and I think we should abolish the kicking position in fantasy football. So here's my rebuttal to that. First, you're not drafting kickers solely on skill because it has you nothing have to, to do with it. It has nothing to do with the draft, Benjamin. It's all about a. Week you're okay. Well, okay. Well, let, let let me let me sign my piece. I gave you your time. So you you're not speak, Gregory. You're you not you pick, you're not picking your kicker on skill. You're picking your kicker on the team and on game flow. So you're looking week to week, and yes, I know. Unlike any other position except for quarterback and tight end, you only have a one kicker and one choice per team. Not even tight end. You have one choice per team. So when you're looking at this position, you're looking at the team and the team they're playing and what you're expecting that team's game flow and that team's expected points to be. So it's not that random in that respect. You're looking at a different set of circumstances and a different set of stats. So for instance, in this week's game against the green, the green Bay Packers and the Tennessee Titans, you may not pick the uh, green Bay pick kicker or the Titans kicker simply because it was snowing. So that is a game flow. That is a game issue. You may go with somebody else and there's a streaming ability for kickers because there's 32 teams and there's only 12 options and almost no team picks a backup kicker. That being said, there are some guaranteed points for guaranteed ticker kickers. Justin Tucker is one of the most solid picks in all of fantasy. He's never finished less than sixth in any of the seasons that he has ever been an option for kicker. And that's part of his leg. That's part of his accuracy. That's part of the fact that he can hit bigger kicks. There are some opportunities, I will grant you that, for randomness because of that said game flow, but that is the true of any any position in football. You look at someone like Derrick Henry, who is one of the best running backs in football. There are some games where he was completely subpar because the Titans had to pass ball the entire game. So these sort of circumstances happen, and that's true of any position. But you can still look and see and make an educated guess based on the information available, which is what fantasy football is about, about the information available. It's just a certain different set of stats and a different 
different set of circumstances. Now, before you have your rebuttal, I want Grasso to weigh in because he has been silent this entire time. What about me? Why can't I have my piece? I just said you. Oh, it's my turn? It's your turn, Grasso. Here's my thing with kickers. Um, I'm trying not to be biased. What? Speak Um, your truth. Kickers are a a skill position player. Um, And their points are very dependent on the situations that they are in. Um, And the top kickers in fantasy are usually relatively the same group of guys. Um, and they're on the same general teams. Like you can name me the 10 best teams in the NFL. And those are the 10 best kickers in the NFL, you know, and, um, they're a skill position player. And it's someone that you have to pick. I think it's, it's, it's almost a, it's a week to week streaming thing. I mean, I streamed a kicker all year and I got comfortable, um, with one kicker and I should have picked up a different kicker. Um, and looked at a matchup and tried to figure something else out. Um, but a kicker is, is it's a, it's the, I think it's the most difficult position to pick. Um, and that's why it's, that's why we don't want them. And we don't think they're important is because they're so difficult to pick. And that's what it is, is the frustration of the pick and the inability to be like, well, this guy scores, he's going to score 10 points a week. I mean, Joey Sly has not scored less than six points all season. He scored one point this week. You know, and that's just how the, the cookie crumbles. And that it's the hardest position to pick because of that. And it's mostly a gamble. Um, and it, this is fantasy, man. It's a, all a gamble, I guess, at the, at the start of it. Um, and you got to gamble on your kicker every week or you start off and you draft a kicker like Rodrigo Blankenship because he's got great goggles and he finishes in the top 10. You know, he finished fourth. Can I have my rebuttal time, Mr. Moderator? You have two minutes. No, I don't need two minutes. I will. Here, here's my argument. I think Grasso argued basically for my point is that it is so difficult because it literally makes no sense. You can do a, I'm sure you could do some sort of mathematical graph where you show, you know, the difference between the projected points and the actual points in the game. And there probably is a stronger deviation in the, in the, in the, or, or even rank on where, where where players rank among the weeks. There's a greater deviation between kickers than any other position in fantasy football. To argue your point, Ben, game flow does not matter in kickers. A team could have an unbelievable offensive week. They can score 35 points on offense, and your kicker gets five points. A team could have a terrible That's a decent offense. week for a kicker. But then a kicker, then then a team could have a terrible offensive week and only score twelve points, and your kicker can score twenty points. How is that? How does that represent the quality of your fantasy football team overall? Of your quality of your decision making as a fantasy manager? If you're because you know we're picking players that are going to score points for our team based on yards, touchdowns, except you know for quarterbacks, what you know whatever it is, you know throwing yards, receiving yards, whatever it may be. Those things are predictable probability-wise. You know, you know. all right, Justin Herbert's going to throw anywhere between 250 yards and 300 yards. I can probably predict his score to be around this much. Kickers, you have no idea because it doesn't matter how good the kicker is. 
it matters. The game script only. It's only the game script that matters for a kicker. Because NFL kickers, granted, there are very bad ones. There are very good ones. And yes, do you want a very good one over a very bad one? Yes. But that very bad one could have just as good of a week as a very good one if he's given the opportunities where the good one is not. Whereas Tyreek Hill is going to score more points than T.Y. Hilton in most weeks because he is a better player. Okay. So I have one last point to make uh, before we move on to our final points for our final podcast for the season. And that the top four kickers in the league, Jason Sanders for the Miami uh, Dolphins, Youngway Koo for the Atlanta uh, Falcons, Daniel Carlson for the Las Vegas Raiders, and my own Blankenship for the Indianapolis Colts, are all all of those teams are the bottom 10 in red zone efficiency in the NFL. What that means is they get in the red zone and they cannot score a touchdown, which means they kick a field goal. So that is predictability. That means you can look at those teams. And again, it's looking at the team, not the player about what you, and that's what you're really picking when you pick a kicker is you're picking the team, not the kicker in terms of you, whether you think they can get to the red zone and not score a touchdown or score a touchdown. So it's about educated guesses. And this always pans out. Almost always pans out. I can't say always, but almost always. And that's true of anything. You can't say always for anything. At the end of the day, the score, a kicker scores points and a lot of points on an NFL team. And there's no way that you can't involve a kicker in fantasy football because a kicker is such an integral part of a fan of actual football. If you can't pick the right kicker, that's, that's, I mean, that's it. That's you're not, you're not good at fantasy football because kickers are an important part of football. And if you can't pick the right kicker, you're not that good at fantasy football. I didn't pick the right kicker. I'm not that good at fantasy football. So that would be the, I'm going to, one last point. I'm going to say my only argument against Grasso, and I, that would be the only argument that I would probably agree with is that. I literally argument. have no idea what I just said. So go ahead. <laughs> no, you, made a, you made a great point. But what I would say then is punters are important parts of the team. Should we include punters? Absolutely. In, I think we should. They're, they're included in defense special teams. I mean, not they are punters not, themselves. They are not. Why don't I get points for, why don't I get a, why don't I have a punter and get points for punt, punt inside the 20 yard line? We can absolutely. We, points can, we, can, we can, that, that, absolutely I mean, we can add that under special teams. No, you, no, no, you, uh, you can also that add is an option under also, special. That is an option under special teams. You can also pick punters then. No, no, but, no, but it's rolled into special teams. But yeah. but you could all. But what I'm saying is, is that your Ben, your whole argument is that you're basically picking a team when you're picking a punter. But I don't want to pick. Why don't we roll? Why don't we roll? Why don't we roll field goals into punters special aren't, teams? Because that's not an option. That's not an option. That's not an option. Okay, but punters are. It's an fun. option for punters. It's not an option. Kickers for kickers. are kickers are fun. Are kickers not fun? Is this not fun? This whole debate is not fun. This is not. Exciting, but I lost because of my kick. I lost because my kicker missed an extra point, which I, I also lost in my difference in kickers. We both, both? lost, but he did that. That should tell you something. We both lost because of the difference in kickers, but that doesn't matter to either of us. I don't think but what I'm just saying, what hurts more, not getting enough yards or missing an extra point. That's all I'm going to say. The end of my point, I'm going to start with my wrap of the year and boys and okay. girls. Go ahead. That was a lot of fun. It was the best finals week we've ever had. It was the most competitive season we've ever had. It's the first year we've had a podcast, and it was incredible. It was a lot of fun to do it with you boys. I'm gonna more. I, I feel like I'm reflecting more on on this uh, this experience because getting together with you guys on Wednesdays and Tuesday nights to record this podcast has been a highlight of my week. Every single week we've done this, and I really appreciate it. I love talking fantasy football, and now we can do it 
and it's going to be recorded and in the anvils of history that our children and our children's children can listen to this and laugh at how ridiculous we were in 2020. And also. So thank you. So thank you, mouth breather. Thank you. Second place finisher. It's been a lot of fun. We definitely need to name the second place. Uh, I think that's something that definitely needs to get named. I definitely agree with that point. It's definitely like, it's like blue balls, like something along those lines. It has to be something related to Alba. Uh, no. Oh, man, it could it be. has to. It has to. Something yeah, bad we, about Alba. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. There's, there's more. There's more than enough. Um, but, you know, looking back on the league this year, it, it's, it was so much fun. It was so tight. Um, it was like I was constantly looking at my team, trying to figure things out and see what I can do. Like, honestly, like going into that draft, that like wasn't that wasn't like 90 percent an act. That was like like 90 percent me just being fucking a ham sandwich and not knowing what I was doing and trying to figure it out and just hoping for the best. I got lucky and it all comes down to luck a lot of times in this league. Um, who knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back this year and sling an MVP season off an injury when they drafted him? He, he, he was close to my to my surprise QB. Yeah, no, I I, I wanted to pick him from. Do you know? And it's um, that's why this is so much fun, and I can't wait for next year. And this podcast has been fantastic, gentlemen. I just want to point that out. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Twelve weeks in a row. Um, I don't know if anybody's listened to it twelve weeks in a row. Um, I've listened to it all 12 weeks. Um, I have a long drive to work, so it really fits into my schedule. Um, but it's just been really nice to produce this just together and uh, do this and talk about fantasy football. It's been a great time. And this league is only getting better. We're only getting stronger. And um, even the worst team at the start of the season, even the worst team in the league at the start of the season ended one of the best teams. So it just talks to the league and, Anything's possible next year, so anyone can win it again, and I can't wait to do this for next season. All right, and I'll echo a lot of the points that uh, Greg and Chris made. You know, this is by far, I think, in, and I haven't been here since the beginning, but I, I don't think the beginning years were that great until I entered anyways. Uh, but I think this was the most competitive year they that we have fun. ever had. They were real fun. We were real shitty all together, so it was an even playing field of shittiness, and then you can <laughs> Uh, well, and I feel like everybody up their game and everybody has up their game this year. It was one of the best draft draft experiences, even though I had an awful draft. The whole season has been a roller coaster for everybody. I feel like everybody was involved and invested and not to toot our own horn. I think our podcast had a lot to do with that. This has been like Greg, you said, and Chris, you said one of the best experiences I've ever had in terms of doing a podcast, having fun, talking about these thoughts and really being professional and really thinking through everything. This has been a great experience for all of us, even though I am the mouth breather and you guys deserve to call me that for the rest of the year, for the next 12 months, I wouldn't trade this experience for anything this was great. Even the last game that I lost by three current points. Congratulations, Keegan. Congratulations, Fitz, for being our two-time champ in a row. The second time we've had that. Grasso, congratulations for your first time in the finals and getting in second place. Fantastic. Greg, congratulations for not being the mouth breather and being part Eighth of this place, podcast. Baby. <laughs> so, you know, for everybody uh, on our Pining Far podcast, I want to thank all of our listeners as well. For Greg Marcoux and Chris Grasso, I'm Ben Max. There's no more winning your week to 
say so everybody look out for my blog that's coming up in the next week it's called slangthebacklog.com it's about video games you're gonna love it it's not ready yet but look for it in the next few weeks i'm sure i'll tell you guys about it so everybody have a great off season and we'll look for you just before the rule summit when we start up our next season of the pining for podcast maybe we'll have an off season podcast you guys have to wait and see so good night everybody and good luck Bow, 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 bow,